to welcome on this Mother's Day. We're going to know, we are going to honor Jesus today and look into the Word of God, but we also want to take some time to honor moms because you are so important to us. I guess without you, we wouldn't be here, right? And, uh, and so we want to say thank you to you. <clears throat> the job description, if we were to write this out, what would a mom's job description be? I mean, that, that'd be a big book. And uh, as we were thinking about this this last week, we found a video that we want to show you this morning of an interview that takes place uh, with this company, and they interview certain people. And I think, moms, you'll get a kick out of this, but uh, we appreciate you and all the things you do, so sit back and take a moment and watch this video, please. <clears throat> we do want to say thank you, moms. That's kind of a tear we should watch something more fun before I have to come up here and talk. Moms, we love you and we thank you. We appreciate you. In fact, kids, we're going to have the kids come in right now. They're going to join me on the stage. Come on down here, please, because they have some gifts in their hands. And we want to give mom something. You deserve so much more than uh, this token of our appreciation. You deserve so much more than a card even, but we do want to say thank you to you. All right. Got some kids. Okay, kids, you got your hands filled with gifts, right? All right. So some of you will go down there and there and there. Here's what I'd like to do. I would like all of our moms to stand up. And in fact, I would like all of the ladies to stand up. Would you do that, please? That will help the kids to know who to give. What do we have? Chocolate? Every lady, please stand up. We've got a gift for you. All right. And then, ladies, as you get your gift, would you go ahead and sit down? Kids, go bless these ladies, please. While they're doing this, if you're next to your mom or a mom, go ahead and give them a little hug while we're at it. I think I'm going to go run over and give my mom a quick hug and the mom of my kids. As the kids are making their ways through here, we know this from the Word of God, that when God created humans, He created them male and female, and He created them both in His image. And moms, ladies, I want to say to you that you possess part of God's image And when you show that nurture and that compassion and that love and that tenderness, you are exhibiting the heart of God to your children and to your church family and to your community. And so we want to say thank you for being who you are. One more round of applause for our women and for our moms. Thank you, kids. Part of our service today, we also want to take a few moments as a church family to have a parent-child dedication, and there are four families in this second service who have asked to be a part of this. I'm going to call them up right now. We have the McLeans and the Fergusons and the Grins and the Mills, so would you come up here on stage with your kids, please? 
you're looking all beautiful with your sisters today. All right, let's get right on the edge here. So let's, you can scoot right down here. Everyone's coming on this side, it looks like. McLean's and Ferguson's and Mills and Grins. Okay, let's get on the front edge just a little bit so we can... Uh, get a good picture opportunity. Let me just introduce these families to you here. This is Dennis and Mac McLean, and recently they've been blessed with their baby Haven. This is Haven. Can you wave at everybody Haven? There you go. There. And Haven's sisters who've been up here before as we've dedicated them to the Lord. This is Dylan and Catherine Ferguson with Britta. Hi, Britta. Good to see you today. This is Matt and Cassie Mills with their kids, and today they want to specifically thank God for Annabelle right here. Annabelle looks so cute. And this is Travis and Monica Grins with their kids, and today they specifically want to give thanks to Jedediah, also known as Jedi. That's a cool name. Part of what we want to do today is to give thanks to God for these children, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray with you and for you, and we say, God, thank you for these children, but you're also up here today because you want to say, Lord, we want to raise these children in the ways of the Lord. We want to point them to Jesus, that they would understand that Jesus came from heaven for them to be right with God, and so... Uh, We are going to do that today. I'm going to ask that you stand with me because we are all family. We are a church family and we are going to pray for these families as uh, they seek to honor the Lord and raise their children in the ways of the Lord. So would you bow your heads with me and pray please. Heavenly Father, I want to first of all thank you for Dennis and Mac and the blessing that you've given to them with Haven. God, as they have said with their other three daughters, uh, they want to follow you and raise Haven in a way that honors you. And so, God, would you give them strength and wisdom and patience. We ask, God, that you would grab Haven's heart at a young age, that she would know you and follow you and love you all the days of her life. And we ask... This in the name of Jesus. God, we ask this for Dylan and Catherine as well. Thank you for the gift of Britta. And we ask, God, that you would give Dylan and Catherine wisdom and strength and patience as they teach and they show the love, your love, to Britta. God, we ask that you would grab her heart at a young age, that she would know you and follow you all the days of her life. God, we pray this for Matt and Cassie as well. We thank you for all their children today specifically. We want to thank you for Annabelle. God, I ask that you give Matt and Cassie the wisdom and the strength and the patience to raise her in a way that honors you. We ask, God, that you would grab her heart at a young age, that she would know you and love you and follow you all the days of her life. And God, we thank you for Travis and Monica and their children. And we ask, God, that you would give them patience and wisdom and love as they invest in all of their kids. Today, we specifically want to thank you for Jedediah and ask God that you would work in his heart mightily, that he would come to know you at a young age, that he would follow you all the days of his life. And God, we ask this as a church family. We know that apart from you, we can do nothing. We need you to work in our hearts. We need you to work in these families. And we thank you, God, that you care and you will. You hear us as we call out today. And so bless these families. Thank you. You have already blessed them. Continue to bless them. May your face shine upon them. We pray this as a church in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Appreciate it. Today we're going to continue in our study of Proverbs. We'll look at wisdom for the path of life. We started this last week and we're going to continue. And specifically on Mother's Day, it means a lot looking at this, looking at the idea of wisdom because parents need this to raise their children. That's what these families that are up here saying today. God, we need your wisdom. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to start here today. Then I'll direct you somewhere else in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1, page 527, if you'd like to use this Bible sitting in front of you today. What we said last week, and what I'd like to start with today, is that God has set us or God has set a path that leads to life. This is what God has done. He hasn't just said, go figure it out on your own, but God has set a path that leads to life. And these families that were up here today, they are saying, we, we know that there's a path, and we want to follow this path that God has set. The reality is that not many seek this path or walk in it. These families up here today, they they know they're not perfect. Uh, There will be times that they don't feel like seeking this right path or not feel like walking in it. And that's why they do this in front of their church family and say, you can encourage us to seek this path and to walk in it. But the reality is not many of us do this. A path that brings salvation, a path that brings blessing, a path that is God-honoring. This is the path that God has set before us that leads to life. Now, in the book of Proverbs, it has a lot to say about this path. As I've been reading again Proverbs, I'm just finding out how many times the word path and the word way is mentioned in this book. Solomon is saying this is, God has given us this path. Let's talk a little bit, a way of review about this book. The author of Proverbs, written mostly by King Solomon. King Solomon is king of Israel, the son of King David. As he's becoming a king, God says, what do you want? I'll grant it to you. And Solomon says, I need wisdom to lead your people well. And so Solomon writes most of the Proverbs that we have here. The foundation for this book that we said last week, the foundation for this is found in chapter 1, verse 7, and it's the fear of the Lord. Having this understanding of who God is, having a reverence, a respect for Him, living out of an awe for who God is. Solomon says... If you want to become wise, this is the foundation to have the fear of the Lord. If you want to hear more about that, you can listen to last week's message on our website about that. This is the underlying theme of the book of Proverbs. Let's start today, Proverbs chapter 1, looking at verse 20. Let me show you a few verses here. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, regarding this path of life. It says this, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. I want to say this right away. Solomon's saying this, that wisdom is calling. It's as if she's on the highest point and she's saying, I want you to know there is a path that leads to life. Wisdom is calling. Like a good mother would be calling, wisdom is calling. Like a loving mom, like a concerned mom, wisdom is calling. 
You maybe heard your mom say things like this. She was calling, get out of the street. Stop playing. There are cars out there. Mom was calling out in the same way wisdom is calling out. Mom said things like this, wash behind your ears, right? She knew that we forgot that. She would say things like this, wear clean underwear, right? Mom was always calling out certain things to us. In in Proverbs, Solomon's saying that wisdom is calling out. In fact, here's what I'd like you to do this morning. I'd like you to think uh, the best advice you ever got from mom. Maybe it was your mom. Maybe your mom wasn't around. Maybe it was another mom, a surrogate mom. Maybe it was a grandmom. Uh, would you consider that? What was some good advice that your mom gave you? I, I would hope that you would maybe even share some of this today and this week with those that uh, you hang out with. I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, mom and dad, they encouraged me in sports. And uh, I don't know how much they had to encourage me, uh, maybe after striking out quite a few times. That, but other than that, I love sports. But mom was always at the game. She was cheering I was in college playing, I remember one day, and the fastball comes in, nearly hits me in the head, and I fall to the ground, and she calls out, that's my baby! I can laugh now in my 40s, but I hated that. Mom was calling out, I'm like, I'm a stud college player, and my mom's up there. Anyway, mom gave me advice, she'd go to all these games, but I remember mom would give me the advice, keep your eye on the ball. Hey, she'd say, keep your eye on the ball. Whether you're batting, you keep your eye on the ball. If you're playing defense, keep your eye on the ball. I thought that was pretty good advice most of the time. I remember, though, when I was about 10, my dad was coaching me, and he's trying to teach me how to bunt. And I've got this mental note. Mom says, keep my eye on the ball. Dad throws the fastball. I'm trying to keep my eye on the ball. Here's a picture of 10-year-old Scott. (sighs) I don't know. She probably said, I said, keep your eye on your ball, not on the ball, not your lip on the ball. But anyway, dad hit me in the face with that one. And uh, that was probably not great advice. But mom did give me a bunch of good advice. I was thinking about this over the years. Mom told me to pray. She says, don't worry, but pray and all things pray. Mom told me things like this. Take care of your body. Take care of your body. Mom would tell me to take time to smell the roses. I hope that you can think of good advice that mom gave to you. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 1 though, verse 22. Wisdom like a mother is calling out to us. Let me read a couple more verses. In verse 22 it says this, How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? See, wisdom is calling out like a mother here. How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teaching. Moms are calling out. Wisdom is calling out here. What I see is there's a choice. The choice. Wisdom is saying, choose this. But we have this choice. And the choices are simple. Will we choose wisdom or will we choose folly? Will we choose the ways of God or will we choose the ways of self? Will we choose Jesus or will we choose the world? And wisdom is calling, and Solomon wrote down these things and says, wisdom is calling out to choose the path that God has set up. And I know that not many seek it and and not many walk in it, but that's the path. And yet there's also this other voice calling out of folly. Which one will we choose? 
I want to focus on three questions today that I've written out, put in your notes. I want to address those today. Question one that I want us to look at is this. Will you choose to listen to wisdom? Will you choose to listen to wisdom? We listen to a lot of things at times. We listen to the TV and the radio and newspaper and listen to Consumer Report if we're trying to figure out which car to buy. Maybe if you're looking at what blender to buy, you'd look and, and do your research. Which one am I going to choose? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 29. Look at this. It says this. These people who chose folly, since they hated knowledge... And did not choose the fear of the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke. They will eat now the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. And so here's this question, will you choose to listen to wisdom? Will you choose to listen to wisdom? I was thinking about this, I mean the reality is we're pretty simple people, I'll even say this, we're dumb people, okay, we're dumb people. This is why wisdom is calling out, they know, wisdom knows that we need to choose the right way. Moms are calling out because they know that their kids are simple. Their kids are dumb in essence. But to compound the problem, we're not only simple and dumb, we are stubborn. Amen? And so mom says things like get out of the street and you're like, but it's more fun out here. Mom says all these things of advice and you're like, not only are we simple, but we are stubborn. Let me show you. Proverbs chapter 8 up here on the screen. You can write this down. It says this, And now, O sons, listen. Listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside, beside my door. For whoever finds me, that is wisdom, finds life. And obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. And all who hate me love death. Here's another one. Chapter 19. Look at this one. Write these down. Listen. It says, listen to advice. Accept instruction. That you may gain wisdom in the future. We're not good at listening. We don't want to choose this. But I'd like to say this, that if you do not choose God's way, let me just lay it out for you today. If you do not choose God's way, you will have to learn the hard way. If I went and sat down with every single one of you today and said, tell me a time when you just said no to God's way. I imagine you could tell me, you say, you know what, I had to learn the hard way. I I said no to God. I went out on my own path. It wasn't good. This is why as parents we tell our kids, right? We, we've made these mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes we make. But our kids are simple. And not only are they simple, they're stubborn. And it's just part of humanity. I can say things to you and you're like, but I'm still going to try it my way. I, I can read just countless Proverbs. I can read countless words of Jesus and say, here's what he says. And you say, not only am I simple, but I'm stubborn. 
And not only you say that, but I say that. I constantly have to read this and feed my soul with this because I am simple and I am stubborn. Nobody give an amen to that, all right? (laughs) But no one likes to hear that you have to do it God's way or you'll learn the hard way. We, We don't like that. But that's the reality. Solomon found that out. Solomon is writing and says, let me tell you some of my mistakes I made. You don't want to make them. But his kids, they were simple, they were stubborn, and they said, maybe we just want to try this out ourselves. So will you choose to listen? Will you choose to listen? You see, God has shown us the best way to live regarding how to handle money. You sit there and think, it's my money. I want to do. God has a plan for your resources. He has blessed you. He says, let me show you how to handle your money. It's a way that honors me, and it is a way that is best for your life. God has a way for your sexuality. You sit there and say, it's my body. I can do whatever I want. God says, listen, I created that body. I created it with a purpose. And if you would honor me with this, it will lead to life. When you go your way, it will lead to death and destruction and harm. God says, I've got plans for how to use your words and I've got plans on how to deal with your friendships. Will you choose to listen to wisdom? Will you choose? Eleanor Roosevelt said it this way. I like this. She says, learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself. Okay. Some of us are like, ah, it's just my life. I want to do this. We talked about that last week. Just my life. It's not, it's not the way to live. This is why I want to talk about this for a few months. Just say, there is a way that God has set before us. But the problem is we're simple and we're stubborn. Who will you choose to listen? Will you choose to listen to wisdom? Let me go over a second question. As we see that we can gain wisdom from listening. Second question, since wisdom is gained through listening, how can you grow as a listener? How can you grow as a listener? Now, I understand maybe all the ladies are hitting their guys like, now pay attention to number two. Men were notoriously not good at listening. My wife will tell me, you're not a good listener. And I say, what? (laughs) She has to tell me again, I'm not a good listener. I go, I know, not a good listener. But I don't think it's just men. I think it's, Men and women. I think it's adults. I think it's kids. We're not good listeners. How? If, if wisdom is gained through listening, how can you grow as a listener? Let me offer a few suggestions for us today. One is this, putting God in his proper place. And we'll call this the fear of the Lord. Putting God in his proper place. You see, I, I, I'm confident that you will listen to the word of God when you put God in his proper place. When you have this awe and reverence and respect for God. When you would say, God, you know what? You are my king. I'm not the king. God, you're my creator. I I, I didn't do anything. God, you are my savior for eternal life. God, you, you hold the path of life. I'm putting you in the proper place. I believe that choosing the fear of the Lord is going to determine who you will listen to and how you listen When you have the fear of the Lord, when you understand who God is and He's in His proper place, this will help you to listen. How will I listen and who will I listen to? I remember growing up, 
My dad would travel across the country, around the world at times, and teach and do things like that. And before he'd leave on a road trip, I constantly remember hearing him say things like this. Scott, as the firstborn, the oldest, right? But he probably said it to Mike too. He said, I want you to obey your mother, and I want you to be good to her. I almost sound like my dad seeing, I'm like, oh man, that was just scary. I just remember sitting in vehicles and he'd say, Scott, obey your mom and be good to her. And when I get back in a few days or a week or whatever it is, if I hear that you did, I will bless you. And if I hear that you didn't, I'm going to give, your, give you your choice of blue, brown, black, or braided belts. Your choice, <laughs> Okay kind of put a little bit of fear in me. I better obey mom and be good to her out of fear. But really, this isn't the fear of the Lord. This isn't the right fear of dad. When I obeyed mom, and it wasn't a whole lot, when I obeyed mom and was good to her, it was usually just looking out for my own good, looking out for my own backside, literally, right? This isn't the right fear of dad. This isn't the right fear of God. This is really a self-centered fear. I'm just worried about the punishment. I just want to do the minimal so that I don't get punished. This isn't the fear of the Lord. I wish, and I don't know if my dad said this to me or not. Maybe he did. I just wasn't a good listener. Too simple and too stubborn. But maybe he said, listen, out of respect for me, the one who brought you into this world, would you obey your mom? Out of respect for me, the one who loves you and put a roof over your head, would you be good to your mom? That probably would have gone a long way. I don't know if I ever heard that, whether he didn't say it or I just didn't hear that. But this is the fear of the Lord. Putting God in his proper place and saying, God, out of reverence for who you are, the one who brought me into this world, the one who puts a roof over my head, the one who secures my eternal destiny out of respect and awe for you I will I will obey I will listen to you you see I don't think God wants us to obey just because we're afraid of our own backside what's he going to do to me what's he going to do to me but because we have a reverence of him the one who spoke and the universe comes into existence and he says I gave you life and I've given you a path of life Out of respect and reverence for me, will you follow my ways? Will you listen to me? Not just fear of what I may or may not do, but out of respect for me, will you listen to him? Secondly, since wisdom is gained through listening, how can we grow as a listener? Uh, Secondly, I want to say this. It has to do with putting me in my proper place. The word here I'd like to use is humility. Humility. So putting God in his proper place, the fear of the Lord, but putting me in my proper place, which is humility. Which is saying, God, you're the creator, I'm the creation. We're not even close on the same page here. I'm so different than you. You are all powerful, I'm actually dust. You're infinitely wise, I'm pretty stupid. Simple. Humility is not self-berating myself, but just saying, God, this is who you are. I'm putting you in your proper place, and I'm putting me in my proper place as one of your creations. I want to say this. Humility is seen in acknowledging your ignorance. Just saying, I, I don't have all the answers. 
You see, uh, again, if we, you and I talked and you'd say, man, I think I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I have my whole life planned out. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do... It's all about me. And do you understand how ignorant you are? God, who knows what God has in store for us this afternoon or this next week? We don't know much. God, I, I don't even know... Hardly what's best for my own life. My heart is just so deceptive. I I can make just foolish mistakes. Humility is seen in acknowledging your ignorance. Jeremiah chapter 10. Jeremiah said this. I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It's not for man to direct his steps. Jeremiah said this. If I really know anything, it's this fact. That I don't know much. That you are in charge of my life. You are in charge of all mankind's life. That... I, I, I just don't know anything. And Jeremiah is saying, I, I wish we'd all understand this. I believe humility is also seen in submitting to God's truth and His will. Humility is submitting to His truth and His will. Saying to God, you're, you're God, I'm not. See, Jesus, He was getting ready to go to the cross, if you remember. And he's envisioning crucifixion. He's envisioning taking on the wrath of God for the sins of the entire world. Jesus is considering that and he's like, is there another way that we could do this? And as he is crying and weeping, he says, we're not going to do it my way, Father. We're going to do it your way. I will submit to your truth. I will submit to your will. We will do it your way. See, this is, this is how we grow as a listener, by putting ourselves in this place of humility and say, God, I will submit myself to your truth and your will. I would hope that this would be our constant prayer. God, not my will, but yours be done. Think about this for a sec. Moms would say things like this to us, I imagine. They'd say, you can't do that, right? You can't eat that. You'd ask for chocolate late at night, and they'd say, no, you can't have that. And You'd go want to do this, and they'd say, you can't do that. And we always fought back with what? Why not? And mom would rebut with, because I said so. I mean, it's like, oh, you don't like that one. Now, partly, mom didn't know a better answer, I would guess. You know, she's like, I don't know why. Just... But there's an authority issue. Mom says, listen, I'm the parent, you're the child, what I say goes. And God says the same thing to us. He says, what I say, it goes. And you and I act like those simple, stubborn kids that say, why not? He says, I said so. And actually, I say so because I love you and I know what's best. I'm not withholding from you any good thing. I'm actually trying to protect you. See, it's submitting to his truth, his will. The question is, will we do that? I want to say this. Humility is also seen in setting apart time to be taught. If you want to grow as a listener and you put yourself in this place of humility, then you set apart time to be taught. Taught by God. Our kids go to school so that they would learn, so that they would gain wisdom, that they would mature. God says, very similarly, come to me. 
Jesus says, come to me. Let me show you the path that leads to life. It's not in being religious. It's not trying to be really good. It's you come to me. I will wipe away all your sins and I will lead you into the way everlasting. It's setting apart time then to be taught. Saying, God, I need you to teach me. That takes humility to say, God, would you teach me? I would hope that you would be reading your Bibles. Hope that you would be reading books of good Christian authors. I'd, I'd hope that you'd continue to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings or whatever church you're a part of, or that you would go to classes or be a part of community groups, or that you would listen to music that would feed your soul. But it's setting apart time to be taught. Teach me, Lord, because I'm simple and I'm stubborn and I need, I need you to guide me. I told you last week you could do this. Uh, uh, Proverbs has 31 chapters, basically one for each day of the month. Today's the 10th. Read Proverbs 10. Starting tomorrow in chapter 11, I believe, is just a a bunch of little couplets that Solomon starts rattling off. Just a bunch of good wisdom in there. And part of humility is saying, God, here's where you are. Here's where I am. I'll set apart time to be taught. I'll slow down and just read one chapter of your word each day that you would teach me, that you would change me. Parents, you know we'd love it if our kids would come and sit in front of us and just say, Mom and Dad, teach me, would you? Teach me. So that I don't make the mistakes you did. Uh, What kids do that? But as adults, we should be saying that to God. It's humility to say, God, would you teach me? I'll set apart time for you to do this. And what will happen when we do this? We will grow as learners as we fear the Lord and humble ourselves. Lastly, I want you to turn over to Proverbs chapter 9 for my my last question. Proverbs chapter 9. Would you look over there, please? Flip over a couple chapters. Proverbs chapter 9 before we look at our last question. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. Let me read a few verses here. It says this, Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her, uh, her servants, and she calls from the highest point in the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. Wisdom is saying, if you are simple, come here. If you come here, we will have a party. I will invest in you, and you will become wise. Sounds good. Skip down to verse nine or thirteen, verse thirteen, chapter nine, verse thirteen. It says that folly is an unruly woman. Wisdom is this woman. Folly is this unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. She says, let all who are simple come to my house. You hear there are two voices, the exact same message. Wisdom saying, come to me, come to my house, let me fill you with wisdom. And folly, same message saying, come to me, let me fill you with complete foolishness. Those are two voices that we hear. Question three that I'd have for us today. Since wisdom and folly are both calling, how can you determine then which one is right I mean, there's two voices. 
Come to me. Come to me. How can I determine which one's right? How can I determine which one's best? We usually go with what's easiest. We hear wisdom and we're going, hmm, that might take some work. We hear folly and we go, that sounds pretty easy. Wide is this path that leads to destruction. But you know what? It seems easier. It actually seems more fun for the first few steps. How are you going to determine which one is right, which one is best? I started thinking of a few scenarios. I thought, well, what happens when people hurt us? What happens when somebody hurts you in one way or another? With their words, they act out whatever it is. Because here's what's happening. Wisdom is calling out and saying, this is how you respond. Come to me and I'll show you the wise way to respond to that hurt. Folly Folly is also calling out and saying, you come to me. I'll show you how to respond to that hurt. Let me show you which one is right. Which one is best. Maybe one question to help answer that is this. Does it align to the character of God? I've been hurt. I can handle it this way. I can handle it that way. Which one aligns to the character of God? This is the advantage of learning the truths of God and learning about God and spending time in His Word. But we know that God is what? He's forgiving. And He's a God of love. And He's a God of reconciliation. And wisdom says, it's going to take a lot of work, but Forgiveness, love, and reconciliation is more of the character of God. People hurt you. Foolishness says, just act out. Live for yourself. Give them a good, you know, whatever it is. Might seem easier at first. Then I started thinking about this. What about certain relationships or possessions? You and I, we want relationships and we want possessions. And they're just things that we want and they, they make us feel good. And as I was thinking about this, there's a voice of wisdom calling out and saying, come to me and I'll show you the right way to have relationship. I'll show you the right way to spend your money and your resources. Folly's also calling out with the same message. Let me show you how to deal with relationships. Let me show you how to deal with your money. This one seems pretty easy, might seem a little more enjoyable, but why does this road that leads to destruction... Which one is right? Which one is best? Here's a question that maybe answer that. Does it align to the Word of God? Does it align to the Word of God? I want this certain relationship. Does this path align to the Word of God? Folly, I'll just tell you right now, folly will never align itself to the Word of God. And the Word of God has much to say about love and lust and marriage, and adultery, and purity. And because we, and I'm going to put myself in this category, because we are simple and we are stubborn, we hear more of this voice of folly saying, come to me, and we're like, seems fun. Everybody else is doing it. I think it might be more interesting. Does it align to the word of God? You see, God is calling out for every single one of us constantly. He's calling out. He's calling out with wisdom. He's saying, will you look to me for wisdom? He's calling us just like a perfect mom saying, get out of the road. It'll kill you. And you're like, why? Just get over here. 
Because I love you. You see, Jesus, the Son of God, he's calling out to every single one of us today. He's calling to every single one of us constantly. And he's saying, let me show you the way that leads to life. Let me show you the way that is good for you. And while Jesus is saying that, folly is also giving the same message. Come to me. I want to show you a path. It seems fun, too. And because we are simple and stubborn, we're like, but I only live once. I'm young. I want Jesus, the Son of God, he's calling out for us. And he says, turn to me. Turn to me for wisdom. Turn to me for forgiveness. Turn to me for salvation. Turn to me for purpose in life. He's calling us just like a perfect mom. Let me finish with two prayers today. Two prayers that I'd like us to pray today and, and uh, that it would guide our thoughts in the coming days. First one is this. God, we want to thank you for mothers who display your likeness and character by graciously calling us into wisdom. I hope you'd pray this. Maybe your mom didn't point you in the way she should have. But God, we thank you for mothers because mothers call us into wisdom. They want what's best for us even if they don't understand it completely. But God, we thank you for mothers who have this call on our lives. Stay out of the street. Wash behind your ears. Whatever it might be. Second prayer is this. God, thank you for your son. Thank you for your son who displayed your likeness and character by graciously showing us your path of life. This would be the prayer I'd want us to pray as well. God, thank you for your son. He's shown us the path of life. He's calling us. He's calling every single one of you. For some of you, he's saying, for the very first time, turn your life over to me. I'll show you the path of life. It's great. For many of us who've trusted Jesus, he continues to call us. And he says, let me show you the path of life because I know you hear so many voices. And the voice of folly sounds like my voice. But that voice leads to death. Mine leads to life. Just going to ask that you bow your head with me this morning. Let's take a moment and reflect on this. Because some of you might be here today and you're saying, man, I have been listening to the voice of folly way too much and simple and stubborn. That defines me. And Jesus is saying, come to me. I forgive that. I'll wash that clean. That's why I went to the cross. It's not too late to come home. Come back to me. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, on this day, I thank you for moms. I thank you for my mom. I thank you for the mom of my kids. Because they are calling us into wisdom. And I thank you that our church is filled with a lot of great moms, imperfect as they are, but they're calling their kids and their grandkids into the way everlasting. Thank you for them. I ask that you would bless them today. That you'd bless them this next week. Difficult job as we talked about earlier. Thankless job many times. But we thank you for them. 
God, I thank you for your son who showed us your way, continues to call out to us. And he's saying to every single one of us, including me today, come to me, come to me. I will heal you, I will forgive you, I will restore you. I will take you out of the path of folly. I will lead you to a path that leads to life. Just trust me on this one. So God, would you help us today and in the coming days to put you in your proper place. To understand who you are and just go, wow, because of who you are, I I must follow you. Would you help us to put ourselves in a proper place? Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he would lift you up in due time. Cause us to humble ourselves, to acknowledge you as the great God. You are compassionate. You are gracious. You are slow to anger. You are bounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. We thank you. To God, in the closing moments while we're here as we sing out to you, would you just help us to respond to you? I I imagine there are some that need to confess their folly, their stubbornness, their sinfulness. There are some that just need to acknowledge their hurt before you and say, help me to choose you. Help me to hear your voice louder than any other. To work on our hearts before we leave here today. We thank you for your word. Help us to be better listeners of you. We commit all this to you in Jesus' name.